2: Hey everyone, this is Stéphane LeCoe and you're listening to the Rams episode of the 2018 Team Preview Series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Our guest today is Ryan Karcha of the Orange County Register. He covers the Rams as a beat reporter and in this episode he talks about how the improved defense could affect the offensive approach for the Rams this year and what we can expect from Todd Gurley after a dominant 2017 season. Finally, we talked about the receiving options for Jared Goff and which receiver will be the most reliable for the Rams this year? After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Ryan said, and we'll be looking at the wide receiver position using some of the RotoViz apps. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotaviz.com to check out the site. And now let's bring on the guest. well today's guest is ryan karcher from the orange county register ryan thank you so much for taking some time to join us to talk about the rams today yeah thanks for having me yeah so it's been a um, man what a turnaround from two years ago last year kind of took everyone by surprise the rams were kind of expected to be the doormat of the nfl and they came out strong put up a really impressive year a lot of people say super bowl or bust where, where are you on where are you in that uh, I definitely think
3: that's how the Rams have approached this season. I mean, all you have to do is look at all the moves that they made in terms of trades. They've given away draft capital to get proven guys. Um, they've, you know, worked all of the contracts uh, as such so that they these next couple of years is really their chance to go for it with all these big players. So, yeah, I think that in the building, that is the that's the attitude. Granted, they won't say that every time I've tried to – get their general manager less need to say that they're in their super bowl window. Uh, he kind of cringes whenever I bring up that idea. Um, so they see themselves as competing for the long haul, but I think it's, they made it pretty clear that this season is one in which, you know, they feel like they, they've built their team to compete, uh, especially in an NFC where, you know, there's a ton of serious competition out there. Right. Uh, But, you know, this defense has been built up to a point where I'm not sure there is a better one in the conference. The question is, you know, can that offense keep up the same pace that they had last year, which was admittedly a pretty hard one to follow.
2: Right, right. Now let's talk about the defense for a few minutes. I mean, they brought in Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib, Sam Shields. And Dominic and Sue, of course, um, brought in a lot of talented guys. They let a few people go, of course. And then you have the whole Aaron Donald contract situation. And I know you you recently wrote an article why Aaron Donald contract talks are complicated on both sides. And you kind of took a very reasonable and very fair approach, which is unusual for for most people these days. Yeah. Just this kind of talking about how you can't really blame either side for their stance. But where do you think this will end? How how long do you think? Aaron Donald will sit out, and what effect would that have on the defense?
3: Well, I don't necessarily have any inside information as, as to when it would end. They've actually both sides have actually been pretty tight-lipped about negotiations, uh, which I think is a reason why it hasn't necessarily gotten as ugly as as it might in other places or has in the past. Um, but I, I do think there are signs and there are rumblings that. You know, something might be coming to a close here in the next couple of weeks. Granted, the Rams, again, have just said, you know, that we have no idea about any developments. You know, we're in contact with this agency, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, I think it's always kind of been uh, going towards uh, that fourth week of the preseason to which, you know, one both sides will kind of realize, hey, there's serious stakes on the line. Um, maybe we both give in a little bit. And that is... Right. It's a wonder what a deadline – speaking as a newspaper writer, it's a wonder what a deadline will get. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right in those last minutes. So I, I do think that he'll be there for week one. And I'm going to be honest, I, I've thought a lot about what Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald will look like together since they signed Sue this past summer. And I, I, I still don't have any idea how yeah. offensive there are going to combat that. the The interior pressure from – those two guys who by all means are probably the two best interior rushers in the NFL. I don't know how you defend that. So at this point, that is something that I'm looking forward to to watching just as much as as any other Rams fan.
2: Yeah. I think they're going to be a pretty, pretty scary defense. Do you think now let's switch over to the offense. Do you think the fact that their defense um, is expected to be so good, do you think that will bring about a more conservative play calling and kind of offensive approach? I mean, just, give Gurley as many touches as he can handle? Or do you think they still want to try to, I mean, brought Brandon Cooks in for a reason, I'm, I'm guessing. Do you think the offensive approach will change at all? Or do you think it'll still be run heavy and then those quick intermediate passes?
3: Well, I think it, I think it will stay the same. I mean, the one thing about Sean McVay is he has a system. He, Granted, he adjusts that to his personnel, but uh, the personnel is mostly the same, other than, like you said, Brandon Cooks. And I think with Cooks, what he does open up is one, he's probably a more skilled receiver, uh, just getting down the field in terms of route running, uh, that sort of thing, than Sammy Watkins, who was just, you know, he could burn it down the field. But uh, more often than not, he was a decoy uh, right. in Sean McVay's offense. Granted, he was, he was really good in that role. But, you know, I think with Brandon Cooks, you have someone who can maybe be a little shiftier in space. So maybe you get him the ball, you know, in, in short, more intermediate areas a little bit more often than you did with Sammy Watkins, maybe that means he has more receptions than Sammy Watkins did a year ago. At least that's, that's how I would foresee it. Um, But the one thing I am interested in is how Todd Gurley's role shifts. Now there's no way he's going to be able to keep up the same pace he had last year. I think he had 12 and a half yards after something ridiculous. I think it was the most, I want to say it was the most ever uh, by a running back in the history of the NFL so clearly that's not going to happen again. Right? Um, Defenses are going to be prepared for that. All you have to do is look at the Falcons uh, win over the Rams in the playoffs last year to see how you can stifle Gurley in that, you know, short passing area. They used Dion Jones kind of as a spy on him uh, in the flat and in the, or just kind of in that intermediate area. And it worked. So I think you'll see other teams doing that. And, you know, because of that, you're going to see his production dip a little bit, but, we're still talking about a guy who had 2,000 all-purpose yards and 19 touchdowns last year. So, a little bit of a dip could still mean, you know, an All-Pro season.
2: Absolutely. So, I yeah. I,
3: I do think we're going to see more of the same. But I I think the reason why you improve the defense so much is because you know inevitably the offense is going to regress a little bit in certain spots. So, because you have that defense improved, because you'll probably be able to create more turnovers, which is was a big part of the guys that they signed. Um, You're going to put the offense in better spots. Maybe they don't need to create as many yards. Maybe they can just score as many touchdowns or even more than they did last year. Mm-hmm. I think those things are possible. But, you know, through it all, I think we're still going to see Sean McVay and his offense kind of shine through. And the real question mark is, you know, how does Jared Goff, Goff uh, react to that? And, you know, where does Todd Gurley's usage go this year? I. At this point, I'm not sure of either of those questions, but I do think this is still going to be a very good offense.
2: Yes, and and with Jared Goff, we can maybe spend a minute or two on, on him specifically. He had a really solid season last year. I mean, he had a pretty good completion rate. He wasn't throwing too many interceptions. I always think that people use the term a game manager in a negative sense, but I think it's actually a positive if you're talking about winning NFL football games. Do you think that's kind of the role they, they have in mind for him? Definitely, and I think
3: the, the best, proxy probably uh, to understand
2: what it may look like is
3: Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington. Uh, Sean McVay turned him into a, a very efficient quarterback. I mean, in 2015, or with Sean McVay as offensive coordinator, percentage, almost 70%. I do think that a lot of that is a product of Sean McVay's offense. He you know, has a lot of deception. He is very skilled at getting guys open. So he leaves his quarterbacks in good positions to uh, to make easy throws. And yeah. it, you're not necessarily or you ha- didn't really see Jared Goff a lot of the time force balls into traffic last year. That's just not a part of Sean McVay's offense. He, you know, crafts his route his route trees specifically to keep guys from being in traffic. So it, it sounds like an easy concept. It's funny how few uh, offensive coordinators and coaches actually use it, but. The one thing I, I do think uh, may change, or the two things, I guess, would be one, Jared Goff's interception rate last year was just microscopically low, 1.5%, uh, right. which is, you know, that, that's around like Tom Brady in his prime interception rate. So, not sure he's going to be able to keep that up, depending on how great you feel about Jared Goff's future. The other thing is, I think this year he may, the deep ball may be a little bit more in his repertoire. He's he, threw a decent amount of deep balls with Sammy Watkins last year, but, you know, they were relatively inaccurate. Uh, it was probably the weakest part of his game um, in terms of completing those. So maybe with Brandon Cooks, that changes. We've seen them kind of have a, a nice rapport through training camp. So I, I would say they might take a few more risks down the field, but at the same time, you know, Sean McVay, like we are saying, is a careful sort of efficient guy right. for as explosive as he is. So I, I think the scheme will keep, off from being too inefficient just on its
2: own. Yeah. And I think too, with with Todd Gurley standing behind you or next to you in the case as the case might be in shotgun, you don't really need to take as many risks as as some other teams that don't have that kind of talent in the backfield. Now Gurley had sixty one percent of the team's rushes last year, and this this stat just boggled my mind. He he was responsible for thirty-four percent of the offensive plays, either through rushing the ball or receptions. Do you think he's going to keep up that type of workload or do you think some of these other guys um, like Malcolm Brown or John Kelly, do you think either of them will take a a portion of those carries away from him just to keep him fresh for the long haul?
3: Well, I think ultimately just again, regression wise you would assume that his usage is going to be a little bit lower. But that said, uh, when we talked to Sean McVay and Les Snead after Todd Gurley signed his contract they both kind of suggested they thought he could build on what he did last year. Now <laughs> there are only so many seasons in NFL history that were better than what Todd Gurley did last year from the running back position. So I think right. ultimately they're going to have to, whether it's an injury that he deals with, which is possible uh, or something else, they're going to have to lighten the load at certain times. Um, and the guy I like the most to take those, that spot is actually John Kelly, Malcolm Brown. Uh, has been, you know, a solid number two kind of an efficient replacement level running back. Um, John Kelly has really impressed people throughout camp now. He's still a rookie. He still needs to work on his pass blocking. Uh, he's pretty raw talent. He didn't play that long or start that long in Tennessee. He was playing behind Alvin Kamara right. <laughs> and Shalen Hurd. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he's definitely the second most talented running back on on the team. So, And he's an all-purpose guy, too, like early, He can catch passes. Uh, he's pretty shifty. He's got a one-cut upfield sort of style. So I could see him you know, getting a handful of carries, especially to spell Gurley uh, later in the season. But the question is, can he stay healthy? And I think at this point he, he's kind of shown that he can. Um, but, you know, that's such a fluky thing. It's hard to say, and the Rams were so healthy last year. Right. That you have to wonder if that regression will change things.
2: And the uh, injury is one of those things you you, can, you never can predict. Um, moving over to the okay. wide receiver and tight ends, because I think this is where a lot of the uh, intrigue comes with, with the Rams team this year, because you've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, who are still there remaining from last year. And then, of course, we've already mentioned his name a few times. Brandon Cooks was brought in. And then at the tight ends, you've got Higby and uh, Gerald Everett. And it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting group of guys. And if you look at their target shares from last year with the wide receivers, I mean, Cooper Cup I think had about 18%, Woods was 16 and and Sammy Watkins was right around 14. So they were all pretty even. Do you do you think it will be about the same this year or or do you expect Cooks to I mean you, you kind of already mentioned you think Cooks will have a bigger role than Sammy Watkins, but do you think he'll lead the the team in in targets or do you think it'll just be that when he does have a play it'll be a big play?
3: That's tough. It's you know with with Cooks I... <sighs> You know, I've gone back and forth on this because I do think that the rapport between Cooper Cup and Jared Goff is probably the strongest. Um, I think Jared Goff feels really comfortable throwing to him out of the slot. And I think, you know, McVay's offense, again, puts the slot receiver in a really good spot. So Cup has has really proven himself to be reliable there. So I think, you know, he's still going to have a huge part in this offense. I do think Brandon Cooks will have, if, especially if you're talking, say, fantasy, for fantasy purposes, Brandon Cooks right. will have a bigger role in offense than Sammy Watkins. He might not score as many touchdowns, which is is a legitimate question, just because Watkins was such a red zone uh, target last year. I want to say he had eight scores so yeah. when all is said and done, but um, but yeah, it it's not uh, for fantasy purposes. It's not really a wide receiver group I would like to roll the
2: dice on. Well, it's interesting. I, I was checking out your fantasy football rankings for your receivers, and you had them ranked Cooks, Woods, and then Cup. But I was surprised because you were a little lower on all three of them than like if you look at like Fantasy Calculator or Fantasy Pros. And I was surprised because I I would expect like you're a know, Rams guy, you might have them a little bit higher. So um, is that just that you think they the ball is just going to be spread around so much that there's not going to be one guy that really sees a huge advantage?
3: Exactly, and w- and when it comes to those guys in in fantasy. Uh... I'm a little bit more risk-averse, I guess, right. um, just because I I don't think the ceiling is necessarily that high with any of them. Just because uh, Todd Gurley, we didn't even mention Todd Gurley in terms of his target share. He right. had more receptions than Sammy Watkins last year. Yeah. So I, he's going to take a significant portion of that, and I think we can expect the tight ends to have a better season too. So in terms of making those rankings, I, I got a little bit nervous about uh, – their target share um especially you know i I do like cooks. I will say and I probably put him at the top is just because I think he's far and away the most talented of that group, and he he's shown himself to be reliable through camp already, obviously they gave him a huge deal uh they did that for a reason, right I think he'll play a major part, but the real question is touchdowns I don't know where they're going to come from um maybe Cooper Cup becomes that guy. I would not be shocked if Cooper Cup ends the season as as their top producing wide receiver. That, really nothing at this point would surprise me, which, uh, which is what worries me ultimately if I'm drafting one of those guys.
2: Um, you mentioned the tight ends. You've got Gerald Everett, who's just an athletic freak, really. Um, now, he's been dealing with some injuries. Do you think he'll be ready for the season?
3: Uh, I do think he'll be ready at least towards the beginning of the season. But the fact that he's been hurt, and you know, he's, He's in a situation with Tyler Higbee where, you know, we all sort of expected Everett to leapfrog him during camp. That just doesn't, hasn't happened. Hmm. Tyler Higbee has looked better. Uh, He's been healthier. Like you said, he's got this rapport. Roommates, I want to say early on in camp, their, their rookie season. So they've always sort of had a rapport. Granted, I think at some point Everett will surpass him on the depth chart, but, Talking about fantasy purposes That might be a tight end group I'd want to stay away from Right Uh, But Gerald Everett I will say is Like you said He's an athletic freak He showed some flashes Last year that Would suggest Wow if this guy You know Can really figure things out He might end up being Being like a Jordan Reed Type player And that's a comparison That Sean McVay Has made more than once So I think you're going to have to Wait on that a little bit just Especially because of his injuries But there's a lot to like there So it's a Definitely a wait and see situation.
2: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with that passing game. I'm like you; I always tend to be risk adverse. But there there's a lot of talent on this team, and it's and it's an offense that that moves the ball and scores touchdowns. And yeah, they're 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 fun to watch, and they they really took took us all by surprise last year. So it'll be interesting to see how how the season shakes out for them for sure. Yeah, especially well, you you mentioned that they caught people by surprise. They won't do that this year, right?
3: So. How oh, that changes things, I don't know. I tend to trust Sean McVay though, uh, being the sort of offensive mind that he is, that he'll be able to adapt when people adapt to him. So ultimately, that's the name of the game if you're a coach in the NFL, and that's why I think he's going to be a coach for a very long time, probably yeah.
2: for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you taking um, a few minutes out of your day to talk to us about what we can expect for the Rams this year.
3: Yeah, thanks for having
2: me. All right, have a great day.
1: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
2: Before we get any further in our discussion on the Rams, I want to remind you that it is time to get ready for this upcoming football season. And the best way to do it is with a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it supports the podcast. Again, be sure to get your 30% off discount for an NFL pass at rotavis.com forward slash podcast. Now let's take a few minutes to talk about what Ryan told us about the Rams for this year. I thought it was really interesting hearing his take on how this defense, which was already pretty good, is expected to be improved with an impressive defensive line, solid cornerbacks, and of course a good linebacker core as well. When Aaron Donald returns, which is likely to happen in the first few weeks of the season, him and Sue are going to be a wrecking machine against offensive lines. Now this is Meaningful for two reasons. For one, it's a defense you can target to be your fantasy DST for the year and one that's probably going to put up a lot of points for you. As Ryan mentioned, they expect to have increased turnovers, which always leads to more points. The other impact that this will have is that it will likely result in favorable game scripts for the Rams where they're able to dictate what they want to do because they'll be in most football games. Now, we all know that McVeigh loves running the football. Todd Gurley saw an increased workload in 2017 over 2016, and a lot of that was because they were involved in the games. Goff was also able to have the whole playbook open to him as he was not forced to play catch-up where he was in obvious passing downs and forced to throw less efficient passes. So let's take a look at Goff's outlook for the upcoming season. Now, based on what Ryan told us, I have reason to believe that this next year will be more like 2017 and not 2016, but we can't ignore that he took a huge jump, and we must ask ourselves if it's sustainable. Now, in 2016, Jared Goff was only completing 54 to 55% of his passes, and last year that number jumped all the way up to 61.1%. Now, I think one of the biggest reasons for the increase in efficiency for Jared Goff is Sean McVay's presence there. He was able to put Goff in really great situations where he was able to make efficient throws either to Gurley or Cup across the middle. And this is exactly what Ryan was talking about, where he believes that Jared Goff will continue to be a really good performer in this offense and be able to manage games effectively from the pocket. And of course, it helps him to have Todd Gurley next to him. A lot of people will be focused on Gurley, giving Goff the ability to exploit some easier matchups. Now, Jared Goff finished last year as a low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two. And I think the same is in store for him this year. He's going to have a solid year of performance. The reasonable expectation is for him to throw about 3,700 to 3,800 yards, 27 touchdowns. Now, I do agree with Ryan, where he said his interception rate will probably creep up a little bit. Last year, he threw seven. I think this year, probably expect him to throw eight to 10 interceptions. But those numbers are good enough to land him in the same range where he was last year as a low-end quarterback one or a solid option in a two-quarterback or super flex league. Jared Goff's a guy that you can grab late in drafts, and that's exactly where I would take him. Let's take a little bit of time to talk about Todd Gurley in this offense. Ryan mentioned how it would be unrealistic to expect another year just like last year for Todd Gurley, given it was one of the most successful seasons by a running back in NFL history. So we have to bake a little bit of regression into his numbers. But even doing so, the numbers are incredible for Todd Gurley's outlook for 2018 if he can stay healthy and play all 16 games i went ahead and used the projection machine to get an idea of what we can expect for todd Gurley, and it came out with some really interesting results it's just 275 carries for 1265 yards that's about 4.6 yards per carry but it also gave him 12 touchdowns which is one shy of last year so here you can already see the numbers are a little bit lower than what he produced last year receiving wise the projection machine estimated 49 to 51 receptions for 476 yards and four touchdowns. Now these numbers wouldn't have placed him as number one running back last year, but he would have been number two behind Todd Gurley. Even with a little bit of regression expected for Todd Gurley, he's still going to have a monster year, and you can feel really confident in drafting him with one of your first picks in the first round. The only real obstacle in Todd Gurley's way is health. If he can stay healthy i think there's no doubt that he's going to be one of the top five running backs this year but should he get hurt ryan suggested john kelly as a likely backup to him and not malcolm brown this makes a lot of sense john kelly's really flashed in training camp they took him in the sixth round so he's a later round pick but he offers a lot of exciting potential in this offense should something happen to Todd Gurley. If you're the handcuffing type, he's not a bad person to target late in the draft because if Todd Gurley were to get hurt, he'd be one of the first waiver wire ads that following week and people would be looking to spend a lot of their fab on picking him up. Now, where this team is really interesting is in analyzing the wide receiver position because it was so close last year in the target distribution and you have Sammy Watkins leaving and Brandon Cooks coming in, who they spent an awful lot on this offseason. So you've got to think that they want him involved in this offense in more than just a decoy-type way that Ryan was telling us Watkins was used in last year. There wasn't a whole lot that separated Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in 2017. Cup had 62 receptions for 869 yards, while Robert Woods had 56 receptions for 781 yards, and they both finished the year with five touchdowns. So there's a lot of similarity In their production even though their style of play does differ significantly so what can we expect from this wide receiver core for the upcoming year to get an answer for this I again use the projection machine and I base the numbers on the amount of passes that Jared Goff will likely throw this year now I have that number at 480 and I went ahead and divided that up between the wide receivers tight ends and running backs based on expected target share then we use the catch rate to determine the amount of receptions And from there, we figure out yards and touchdown. And the projection machine is one of the apps that Rotoviz provides. So I recommend you check that out because it's really useful in trying to analyze what might take place this upcoming year. Brandon Cooks is a receiver who has been talked about a lot this offseason. He's got amazing speed and touchdown potential, but people wonder about the volume. Now last year, he had 117 total targets with an 18.5% target share in New England. And he was able to put together a really nice season of 65 for 1,082 and 7 touchdowns. Now he had a pretty low catch rate on that of only 57%, which was significantly lower than previous years. So it has to make you wonder what we can expect from him this year. He's got a, most likely, inferior quarterback in Jared Goff over Tom Brady, and he's going to be fighting for a lot of targets with these other receivers. But I do think it's safe to assume that he'll have about a 19% target share compared to Cooper Cup's 18% and Robert Woods' 17%. So based on their historic catch rates and the amount of yards they average per target, we're able to get a good idea of what to expect. Now for Brandon Cooks, his final line would read 55 receptions for 812 yards and six touchdowns, compared to Cooper Cup's 56 receptions for 760 yards and seven touchdowns, and Robert Woods, leading them all with 66 receptions, but for fewer yards and only 735 and five touchdowns. So where does this place them among other wide receivers this year? Well, in standard leagues, those numbers would be good enough for Cooper Cup to lead the way at wide receiver 25. Right behind him would be Cooks at 26 and Robert Woods falling quite a bit behind at 38th. So you can see there is some good wide receiver production from this group, but it may not be quite as exciting as we'd initially hoped for. And Ryan mentioned this, he said he gets nervous about what to expect from all of these receivers because there's so many question marks and there's so many viable options for Jared Goff in this passing game. He likes to spread the ball around and will likely see something similar where the receivers all end up with similar numbers, which is great for an NFL team but a lot more difficult for predicting fantasy football output. What we can gather from all of this, though, is that Brandon Cooks is being drafted too early. His numbers would leave him at number 26 wide receiver, which is much lower than where he's being drafted. He's being drafted in the fourth round in most formats, but the value he's giving you is that of a sixth rounder. He's a guy that I wouldn't be willing to take at his current ADP. Cooper Cup, however, is currently going in the eighth round, and he's also giving you that similar production of a low-end wide receiver too, and valued as a sixth round draft pick. So for me, Cooper Cup is a wide receiver that you want to target from the Los Angeles Rams because he's going to deliver more value. Granted, he doesn't have the big play upside that Brandon Cooks has with his incredible elite speed, but Cooper Cup is a wide receiver that was heavily targeted in the red zone last year. And Ryan said he expects that a lot of Sammy Watkins' production in the red zone to be taken over by Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup already led the Rams in red zone targets last year cup had 23 red zone targets which is more than 30 percent of the team total and more than double than any other wide receiver sammy Watkins only had 10 and he's gone so not only do we have the potential for a lot of touchdowns with cooper cup but we know we're going to get volume as he is a slot receiver who will be targeted heavily in this sean mcveigh offense robert woods is okay to draft later in rounds he's currently also going in the eighth round and he's probably okay right there He most likely won't be able to deliver a lot more than an eighth round pick. The projection machine ranked him as about the 38th receiver off the board, and he's currently going 32nd. So he's going a little earlier than I'd like, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. And finally, I want to discuss the tight ends. Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee are both interesting tight ends to watch at the beginning of the year, but neither one should be drafted in any sort of one tight end standard league. Gerald Everett is an athletic freak who could really shine in this offense. Again, Ryan mentioned that Sean McVay had compared him to Reed, and that's exciting. If he can transform his skill set into a top-end tight end, there are targets to be had in that red zone, and this is going to be a good offense. So he'd be a guy that you'd want to start on a weekly basis. However, he's injured right now, and he's never really shown that he can put it all together. For now, this tight end group is one that I'm going to avoid but watch and see what takes place as the season unfolds. There could be some exciting tight end streamers from this group. Thanks so much for listening to the 2018 RotoViz Radio Team Preview Series. Again, I'm your host, Stéphane Laco. You can find me on Twitter at Stéphane Laco, And I want to thank Ryan Karcha for joining us today. Please follow him at Ryan underscore Karcha, and we're looking forward to talking to you on our next episode. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Team Preview Series. Our assistant executive producer is Colm Kelly and our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to the RotoViz at a 30% discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.